Unbelievable! Absolutely unbelievable! And welcome, Avs fans. I'm Lauren Gardner here at the Pepsi Center. They got nothing but guts! Guts all over the place! I can't believe Colorado it! Colorado Avalanche complete one of the greatest turnarounds in NHL history. The Colorado Avalanche will return the next year to the Stanley Cup playoffs! And now, let's get you ringside with Lauren Gardner and the gutsiest play-by-play call in hockey, Mark Mosier. And welcome, everyone, to another edition of Avs in Your Earholes podcast, coming to you from a very special place today, the Colorado Avalanche practice rink. But not only that, Lauren Gardner and myself broadcasting live from one of the dressing rooms. Yes, this is all access right here, the the glamour behind the scenes. I can only (laughs) imagine that this is what your condominium smells like. (laughs) Actually, my condominium smells like roses. I'll take and your flowers. word for it. Uh, what does your we... smell like? Gas station <laughs> corn dogs? I've got two gigantic dogs, so don't even ask. No, but can we circle back to that? What did you have for breakfast in Edmonton? I had a corn dog from 7-Eleven. Yeah. It was very good. Okay. Listen, well, a lot to get to on the show today, but before we get going, as the Avs are coming off a huge win over the Boston Bruins, tell everybody what they should do with our podcast. I think they should rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends, post on social media. This thing continues to grow by the week. We are thankful for your support and love, fans. You are the best in the NHL. Yes, Avalanche fans, you absolutely rock. I would concur with that. Dude, Dude. how fun was that game last night, Abs and Boston Bruins. How much fun did you have? So much fun. So when was the last win for the Abs on home ice? It was the Ottawa game. Reminded me a lot of the Ottawa game, especially that third period. These guys were flying. They looked great on the power play. That top line proved once and for all, at least at this point in the season, they are the best in the NHL. And, you know, I got a, I got a little flack on Twitter about the fact that I didn't ask Miko Rantanen like I asked Ga- like Gabe Landeskog after the Ottawa game, who is the best top line in the league. Uh, I did ask McKinnon about it, and, you know, he had a very diplomatic answer that, oh, of course, you know, Pasternak and Marchand, and, you know, they're all very good. But what I saw last night, I think the top line reigned supreme, especially with their work on that power play. Well, when you're talking about going head-to-head with the other, quote, top line in the league, I would agree with you. But I would also agree perhaps with a little bit of the blowback in the fact that, after you asked Gabe that, you know, they, they kind of got funky. I know? agree. I didn't want to go there. Maybe the schedule had something to do with it, but I'm glad that you did not ask that. Me too. But, I mean, what a performance, Lauren. Everybody was geeked up for this. The top line of the Boston Bruins coming in with 68 points. The top line of the Avalanche coming in with 69 points. Set up to be a great matchup, and the Bruins had all the momentum early. Got they a did. couple of power play goals, and they're up 3 1. And it looks like, oh no, this could be a tough one for the Abs, and then watch out. Yeah, especially you're talking about that second period. They respond with the power play goal, and then all of a sudden they're back on the kill, and you're thinking, oh no, here we go. This could be a big momentum swing in favor of the Boston Bruins. And what did they do? They had an unbelievable penalty kill. I mean, how many different shorthanded breakaways did they have? They had a ton of opportunities, and I truly believe that that was the penalty kill. That was the moment that changed the game. That was pivotal. It might have been. I'm going to go back to one specific shift. The top line was on the ice, and the back end, Eric Johnson and Sam Girard, and I'm telling you what, these guys played like men possessed. Landis Gog went flying through the top of the crease, landed on Halak as he got shoved into the the netminder for the Boston Bruins, and bodies were all over the place, and the Avs just started swarming. 
And what they did, Lauren, is they drew the penalty yes. that allowed them to get on the power play. Miko Rantanen scores, and from that point on, the Avs had all the momentum. We're going to get back to this line versus line thing coming up here in a little bit. But it's fascinating to me to look at games like we saw and see how a team responds. They're down 3-1. Things are looking kind of bleak. You're playing pretty good hockey, but, you know, goals are hard to come by against the Boston Bruins, one of the stingiest clubs in the league. And all of a sudden, your big guns just say, hey, not on our watch. Let's go get it done. And they did. It was really cool to see in front of the hometown fans. Yeah, it really was. And I think they knew that was the challenge that had been set in front of them, not only after that win against Edmonton. They snapped the five-game streak. They didn't want this to be an aberration. They didn't want to come home and get into some you know, sort of situation where, oh, no, then you bring in the defending Stanley Cup champs. And then you head back on the road for another three, I think. It, we throw around the word, the phrase must win a lot, but I think in a way this was a must win and they showed up and they did it in convincing fashion. Yeah, they had some some moments where you, you, they struggled a bit, but I want to talk about real quick that Gabe Landis got goal, the first goal for the Avs. What Miko Rantanen did, he drew three bodies in the corner. He had that great <laughs> backhand pass. Gabe Landeskog had all the time and space in the world, and he took advantage of it, and he made sure he buried the puck. He did. It was fantastic. Incidentally, you'll hear behind us, as practice is going on, not all the guys are out there today. It's sort of a semi-optional thing. I see McKinnon. I see Drys. I see Bork. I see, uh, I see you know, Andrew Ghetto and JT Comfort. Sven Ghetto out there. JT Comfort still in a red sweater. We'll update you, too, that Sven will... We'll see if he plays against the Caps coming up tomorrow night. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but he certainly will be on the road trip. And JT Comfer, he just slammed against the glass right here. He's a definite maybe for the roadie, but how good would it be to get everybody back healthy too? Again, you got Tyson Jost back. Lord, he's skating really well. We know what Sven can bring with his speed, and to have Comfer come back, It'll give Coach Bednar a lot of options. That's a big piece of the secondary scoring for this Avalanche team. You saw what JT Comfort did early on in the season. I believe it was, what, five points in four games there for a stretch? You know, he he had the injury, and, and Sven Andrichetto, I think – we saw what he could do right after the trade two years ago. And then, of course, Tyson Jost. I think he had a fantastic game last night. I'm really liking that long uh, that line combination with him and uh, Kerfoot and Colin Wilson. I love it. I love that line combination. Can we get back to your latest Scott goal? I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. To, I wanted to let everybody know that we're Yeah, you're making faces at me while I was saying that. But my back is to the rink, so I have to turn around and turn my back his, to you in order to see what's going on in practice. His backhand saucer out of the corner. Dude was so cool, but that's what Miko Rantanen is doing nowadays. And it's fair to say, listen, he's elite. There's no two bones about it. He's one of the best players in the National Hockey League. He's leading the league in scoring. Three clear in terms of points over his linemate, Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid. But he's doing that nowadays, Lauren. The puck is on his stick in the corner, and he's just kind of chilling. Yep. Two Bruins are on him. One's coming down the boards, and his head is up and fling to Landis Goggle by himself. Gabe had time to stop it, turn, look, pick his spot, boom, top shelf. I mean, it was a great goal, but the pass by Rantanen, and because he's drawing so much attention from the opposition, I mean, can you imagine that Rantanen now is opening up ice for Landeskog and McKinnon? I mean, McKinnon's done it for his line mates. Yeah. Gabe has at times done it for his line mates, too, because he's so big and thick and strong, and guys want to try to ride him yeah, off the yeah. puck. I mean, How do you each, game plan for him? Could I, you imagine? I, I don't know. Give me a grease board. I wouldn't know what to do. I no idea with all the talent on the with ice. With a grease board in your hand or, or diagramming how to stop that top line? The what? 
with a grease board in your hand or how to diagram stopping Both. that top line. <laughs> exactly. Lauren, can you hear me? I can't hear a thing right now. Practice got really loud. Everybody's at this side of the eye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? You killed a guy? Oh, well, that's not exactly what I thought I'd do on the power play so there. So the, the, the F's are down 3-1. They get the Ranton in goal. Then, of course, Matt Calvert goes crashing in there and swings at the pocket. That was a fun in. goal. We weren't Super sure if it was fun. Sheldon Dries or Matt Calvert's, but the effort involved on that goal was it was in true Matt Calvert form. That's what he's brought to this team. Everybody on that top line had a goal, including Nathan McKinnon. And I've gone back and I've watched the what was the game-winning goal. It was the go-ahead goal of the time, four to three. Miko Rantanen did so many good things on that play. He schooled a couple guys going into the zone. That was fun. Everybody in the crowd, I'm standing there in that corner, and people are just like, gasping at how much talent this top line has and what Miko Rantanen was able to do on that play. Let's go back and diagram it and go through it, shall okay. we? Get out the grease board. He, ba he barely gets the puck <laughs> inside the far circle in his own zone. Bergeron's closing the gap on him. Yep. He flips it in midair to some open ice. Sidesteps Bergeron. Goes and picks up the puck. Now he's on the move. Here comes Marshawn. Flashing toward the blue line. Miko... Sidestep, Marshawn, now he's off to the races in a three-on-two. Pasternak is coming back hard. He's trying to fill the lane on the back check, trying to get back and get to Landeskog. But what Rantanen does, and here's the smart thing for all you hockey fans out there, he had the middle of the ice, but the best thing you can do when you bring a puck into the zone is bring it up the gut. You're going to force the defenseman to make a choice. You've got Landeskog on the left, you've got McKinnon on the right, you're up the middle. Now you can do anything with the puck. You can shoot it yourself, you can stop and fire it. You can pass it to the left, pass it to the right, drop it to a guy trailing on the play. He takes it right up the gut, he gets both defensemen backing up just outside the slot, looking at him, what is he gonna do? They're basically caught in no man's land. He then flicks the little forehander to McKinnon through the stick of the defenseman, McKinnon rifles at home short side, and it's the go-ahead goal, but Miko Rantanen did so many elite things on that one play. My jaw just dropped. I couldn't believe it. Of course, McKinnon finished it. Yeah, and, and the fact, what impressed me most, impresses me most about this is the fact that he's doing it while the entire league is watching him and is aware of him, Moj. I can see you getting angry because the team is leaving the ice and you feel no, like... No, I'm totally cool. You're upset. I no, want to fight you. Dude, I want to fight you so now bad. Now time for the airing of grievances. So just a little note here, sidebar for all our podcast listeners out there. Mark Mosier is not exactly a happy camper here today because he had to get up early following a late start, work on his radio show. Meanwhile, I was over at our studios voicing Avalanche 360 and it ran a little late. So I'm slightly tardy and he is a curmudgeon about it. There we go. Now that we've uh, cleared if, the if air, this, can this, we move on? If this was school, you'd be in the principal's office right now. He's been right giving now. me dirty looks this entire podcast <laughs> from the second I arrived. He called me seething, just yelling at me, saying he doesn't have time for this. I don't think and I yelled at you. I, I don't, don't yell. I'm not a yeller. Okay, Lord, well, whatever. Chill. It's your version of yelling. <laughs> All I'm saying is I had work too. We all work for the same company. We're all pulling the rope in the same direction. So I just need you to chill and be patient. And go with the flow, man, and take it easy. Okay, I'm totally chill. Take a page I out of Miko Rantanen's book. You think book. that your time's more valuable easy, than everybody else's? I else do not. <laughs> I hate 
hate you so much. Okay, podcast listeners, if you want to see Mark Mosher and I fight, <laughs> we will don't be scheduling. Do it because I lose. I don't. I don't want to. Sock and boppers. I don't want to lose you. another fight. I don't want to do it. Another I, I, fight. It, by the way, it's all just in good fun. We're having fun with each other. Okay, back to hockey. We, yeah, I'm glad we cleared the air. It was a terrific performance, and again. Another thing, Lauren, why the win was so important. You're coming off that win against the Edmonton Oilers, and you got a little bit of the mojo yeah, back. Yeah. You come home, and you want to keep that momentum going. You need to get into a positive flow. Now you got the defending Stanley Cup champions coming in on Friday night. So it's important to get back-to-back -back wins and feel good about yourself. But this is part about what you and I talked about last week. Getting back into the routine, yes. getting back into the flow, getting back into to how hockey players are and how they function. They are notorious creatures of habit. And now the Avs are right back in that. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. They're back in it now. Um, and they've all mentioned that. Yeah, we like the whole playing every other day, every two days. They're at practice. You can tell they're buzzing on the ice. A lot of them have left. Working with the new skills coach on a couple of things. I see Sheldon Dries out there as well as uh, I think JT Comfer's still out and uh, Vladislav Kamenev just working on their shots from the top of the circle. And, you know, they like that rhythm. They like that routine. Now, here's my question about tomorrow night as the Avs welcome in the Washington Capitals. Who will get the start between the pipes? Will it be former Cap Phil Grubauer or former Cap Simon Varlamov? I don't know who it's going to be. But I do know that a former Washington Capitals netminder will get the start against the Capitals. What an answer. That's <laughs> all I got. <laughs> they don't call him the best play-by-play -play guy in the well, league for Jared nothing, Bednar, here's When he was asked yesterday, because we knew that Varley was going against the Boston Bruins, do, you know, will, will Grubauer you know, go yeah. on Friday? He said, it, it, it's a possibility. I mean, I, he's, he's not going to say yet. <laughs> no, Varley, Varley he'll probably tell us after well today's, last night. today's you know, practice. And Varley made another save last night. I go back to the Edmonton game, and it was a 4-1 game. Edmonton's on the power play. Dreisaitl in the slot with a quick shot. Varley made a push to his right, planted back to his left, like bam, bam, made the save. I mean, brilliant. He did another thing like that last night. Just any, if that goes in, the Bruins have hope. They've got yeah. life. They've got something going. Boom. No. Ain't gonna happen. Oh, by the way, the Bruins hit a couple of posts last night in the first period. That thing could have been a little bit more of a lopsided affair. But you know what the posts are? That being are? said, on you know the, the other side, are? what are they? They're part of the goalie's equipment. Safe. You know that. Hashtag safe. Hashtag, hashtag not officially a shot on goal. Tell me something I don't know. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag. Um, what else do we have to talk about? Miko Ranson and Song. They played that in the arena last night during the post-game interview. I asked him if that should be the new victory song in the locker room. He responded by saying, I hope not. I am now, I have tracked down the gentleman who has written the song, and I am working with our 360 crew on a hilarious feature of uh, just on the origin of Miko Ranson. I said, Miko Ranson. Let me time. hear you now. Me Go renting in. I said, Miko renting in. Uh, Where's uh. the guys from Finland, right? Yeah. Uh. We're Sweden. I need to check. I don't know. That's why we're doing the story. He's got to be from Finland. Miko Rantanen's Finnish. No kidding. So you'd think that would be a, a guy from his home country who loves Miko Rantanen. I would think so, too. That, you know, you say, hey, that's the guy who came up with a little. But, I mean, it's. Hey, there's no Patrick Laine song. Oh, you're, you're right. Well, maybe there is. We just don't know about it yet. Trick Latin, eh? just doesn't have the same It doesn't, it doesn't flow like it. that, man. No, Miko flows. Emily Way was just trying to help me there. No. And the thing, though, is it's like, you know, da, 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 da. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's an old, it's, an old, it's, it's like, like an old tune-ish. You know, it's an old, yeah. it's an old it's thing. It's a melody. Yeah, but they put they put the Miko Ranton into it. And the funny part is, that's all they say in the whole song. I know. And it's only like 26 seconds long. Yeah, but it's great. It is great. 
there there's is a longer a, version? There's apparently a longer. Oh, wait, let's demand a longer version with Dude, more lyrics. We let's know, write one. We know a lot of people. Oh, this guy should make it? I was going to say, like, let me call my boys at Metallica and we'll get, like, a Miko Renton and Metal Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, humble brag name dropper. Do you have friends with Metallica? No, not at all. The band? No, not at all. I thought you were going to be like, no, it's just, a metal shop down the street. They actually work saying, on cars. I do they know, get you. It's I a do know, doctor. I do know a lot of famous band people, though. Okay. Well, then but get to work. But not those guys. Those guys are really famous. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, know some, I know some people. What else are we way. talking about here? Uh, I can tell you're getting anxious to go into the room. You are? No, I'm totally fine. I'm totally cool. Uh, there's, a, there's a ton of things to talk about, Lauren. I want to talk about Ian Cole's play last night. He was great post-game, by the way, when we were chatting with him. He understands how this all goes. And I think his biggest add to the team is his veteran presence and the fact that he's able to be so even keel. He's so sound defensively. He's so physical, some of those hits. When I asked him, I said, does it ever get old hitting people like that? He said, absolutely not. He loves to run around, but he, he does it intelligently. Um, you saw we disagreed with that call in Calgary. That kind of was a momentum shifter. Uh, big play there at the blue line. But he's also able to jump up in the play and uh, make sure he dishes the puck where it needs to go. Absolutely. He's really good in his own end. We talked about it on the broadcast last night, but Tyson Berry has never had a partner like Ian Cole. Yep. He's never had that guy. And what's awesome about Cole is he plays a 200-foot game. He does have offensive ability. He got an assist last night on mm -hmm. the uh, – on that goal by Nathan McKinnon, but he allows Tyson Berry to go be Tyson Berry, and Berry's just killing it right now in terms of points. He's playing so well. I mean, I love watching his game. He's got this new freedom because he's got 28 back there. And Cole blocked six shots last night. He was laying the wood. Poor Anders Bjork got blown up in the near circle. He nailed Pasternak trying to come into the zone. I mean, he just is adding that element of physicality. But you know what I loved best about all of that? He played he, 26 minutes, by the way. He had a great shift. He comes over to the bench, and by the way, he sits next to Barry. But he and Bednar start talking because the game's, you know, you're getting into the, the, yeah. the end of the game type of sequence, you know, the crucial game. How do we, as a pro team, how do we close this out and make sure Boston doesn't come back? And, of course, the Avs went up 6-3. But it's a 5-4 game. It's a totally different story. Yes, it is. And so Bednar and Coleridge having a conversation about it. I mean, because he is that veteran presence back there. And, and because he's been in these types of situations before, the coach is going to rely on him. He pulled Johnson off. He pulled Cole off. Yeah. He said, guys, you're going to go back out there. So I want to give you a little bit of rest right now. He threw barbs out there and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I'm going to need you guys in these big shifts down the stretch. And so they have a quick conversation about how we're going to handle the final five minutes, four minutes of this game. And do that with a short bench without Zidane Chara at altitude in the third period. It's right. something – it was one of those situations in which you had no excuse not to win this game. But you had to be strategic about it. Yeah. You had, it was a chess match, especially when you think about who you're going to send out there and when and how. I just love watching Bednar and Cole communicate like that. I just love how they, they come up with a game plan. All right, let's, let's get this thing settled down here in the final four or five minutes of the game, and let's come out with two points. And so th these are things inside the game that maybe people don't notice or they don't talk about a whole lot, but that's what goes on. It, yeah. It's a lot of situational type of stuff where, all right, what are we going to do? What's our plan? It's Next time strategic. you're back on the ice, what are you going to do? Right. And, but it's just Cole – I said even before, I think it's going to go down as one of the most underrated signings in the yeah. league this offseason. Yeah. And 
I mean, it may go down as one of the best signings too because well, he he's a just lot been, of intangibles he's just been too. terrific. He really, yeah. he really does. Yeah, he really has been. And you can tell the respect that he's earned in the room. And, it, you know, he's one of those, you talk about how Gabe Landeskog is kind of the bumblebee in the room and he goes and he talks to everybody and he can relate to everyone. Ian Cole's that exact same way. He does that with all the guys. He knows how to relate to them. And he knows that it's critical in order for a team to have success because he saw what it took with Pittsburgh and back-to-back years where they won the cup. He's also good about doing it with the training staff, with the equipment staff, with the media, the coaches. He has his finger on the pulse of everything that's going on because he knows that's what makes an organization function at full capacity. Look at you. You're right about that. Thank you. Full capacity. Full capacity. I like it. Uh, Tyson Berry, again, playing terrific hockey. Uh, I mean, is, he's just racking up the points, and yep. he's doing a great job, and it's fun to see that. I Leading love watching E.J. Leading the in the league in plus-minus. Yep. I mean, he's obviously contributing offensively, all the assists. Finally got that goal, joked about it in Edmonton, and he was being serious. He's like, I didn't know if I was going to score a goal this season. I didn't think it was going to happen. And uh, Obviously, it did happen, and they will probably come in bunches. Uh, but he's been playing a really sound game, and you can see that by the plus-minus. Carl Soderberg last night, especially when he had to be a defenseman on that one play as Pasternak's bringing him into the zone, he bodies him up, wham, gives him a hammer job, coming down the boards, knocks him off the puck. I love what Soderberg's doing. We can talk about Kerfoot's goal at the very end, Tyson Jost swooping in and pool cueing that one home. Just a lot of guys did a lot of good things against Boston and Lauren. They need to keep it up against the Caps before they hit the road. Yes, they do. When you have all four lines going like that, that's exactly what you need. And then they're also getting back into their own end and making good, smart plays. But you also want them to be aggressive and crashing the net. And I think, as you know, Jared Bednar was talking about during you know the end of that losing streak, that we're trying to plug up all these holes. We're focusing on these things. And once we got that fixed, there was another thing that popped up. At a certain point, there's not going to be anything left to fix because we fixed it all. But he also is trying to find a combination. They were kind of messing around with the second and fourth lines. I think they found it. And then you insert Andrew Ghetto and hopefully JT Comfer back in soon. And this is going to be a potent hockey team, a very well hockey team, very well-rounded. English is hard. It's also, yeah, it's going to be a very well <laughs> hockey team, Lauren. <laughs> How much sleep did you get last night? Not a lot. I woke up and I worked out and I went to the office. I've been a busy woman. And you're wearing your and pepperoni, pe pe pepper listen to me, pepperoni oh, pizza yeah. shoes today. That's instant karma. Yeah, I have my pepperoni pizza shoes on because, I mean, if I don't want to be in a world where there aren't pizza shoes. Okay, well, I don't need to wear those, <laughs> but they look good on you. I, I had the hat last podcast. I have the pizza shoes this podcast. It's just how I roll. All right, one final preview of the Caps game coming up on Friday night. The Caps are banged up right now, and uh, Braden Holtby is out at the moment. Uh, their backup goalie has made the first two back-to-back -back starts of his National Hockey League career, and we'll see if he goes on Friday night. But they have a couple of guys, Lauren, that uh, are always going to be there, and Alexander Ovechkin. And Tom Wilson is now back from his suspension. It was cut down to 14 games. That's how, that's how it works, right? Right. <laughs> um, it, but they are coming off a loss to Winnipeg, which – we know how difficult it is to go and play the Jets in Winnipeg. Uh, I think the Avs just have to strike early. They have to strike often. And if you can contain the top line with the Bs, as you say, the Bruins, um, I, I think they can do just the same with the talent that's on the Caps. Can I make a point, though? What, what if I said no? Well, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> Stay out of the, the box. box. Alexander Ovechkin is still 
one of the great players in the game. He still sets up shop in the far circle in the power play and can hammer that BB home from anywhere at that far dot. Yeah. Stay out of the box. I thought the penalties the Avs took last night, a couple of uh, needless penalties, so to speak, and the Boston Bruins capitalized on two of those opportunities. Yeah. Stay out of the box. Just do not give the Caps any reason to throw Ovechkin in that far circle, it was, please. It was so interesting, and I think it will be the same, like you said, against the Caps, but with the Bruins, each and every penalty that they took, the Avs took, they just seemed so much more impactful than earlier in the season when they would take four, five, six penalties a game. So, like you said, they have to play really disciplined hockey, and sometimes there will be an inadvertent penalty that you just can't help, but... When you're going up against the Stanley or the defending champs, you have to play a very disciplined game. It looks like the caps. At? Yeah, the caps you're are a lot a like. The caps are a lot like Lauren Gardner. <laughs> Stop that, please, and I'll tell what, you. What interrupting you? Does that bother you? Go ahead and read it. <laughs> Kuznetsov upper body day to day. Braden Holtby upper body day to day. Michael Kempney illness day to day. T.J. Oshie haven't heard anything officially, but it's an upper body probably day to day how many of those guys wow. if any will play on friday night i don't know it doesn't matter though. if you got ov you got a lot yeah you do I mean, there's no doubt about it it's going to be a difficult task for the abs but i think they're up to it okay i think we'll we should look wrap this thing up we'll look forward to coming up on friday night the abs and the caps so make sure you tune on in Ooh. altitude television beginning at 6 p.m it's hockey fights cancer night Thank you. and it's going to be a huge night there's not a person listening to this podcast or Anybody you know, listener, who has not been affected by cancer in some way, yourself, a family member, a friend, it touches all lives, and it's a horrible, horrible disease. The NHL, since they started this, has raised over $20 million for cancer research, and we're going to do more of that coming up on Friday night against the Caps. We'll have our new ties. I know you have your scarf. Pretty yes, cool-looking little scarf, scarf, too. We have a pin. We have hats. We have... Uh, the Avs are wearing those warm-up jerseys that will be auctioned off for charity. You can go online and donate. There are so many ways you can help this cause, and we, we encourage you to do that, and we know that some of the players are doing that on their own with donations and foundations. Mark Barbario with the Movember mustache, which is uh, very Freddie Mercury-esque. Yeah. And uh, he... He said he's been shaving that thing in since I'll, he was 16. He probably could have started you, doing it at 13. I'll give you 20 bucks if you walk into the dressing room here after practice and go, I see a little silhouette <laughs> of a man scalamuska. I'll give you 20 bucks if you do it. Okay, well, and you got to do it loud. Money. It's in my pocket. Emily, do I have the bread? I got 20 in my pocket. Okay, well, he already knows he looks like Freddie Mercury. Ian just Cole called him out on, for it. Just do it, do it, man. Do it. Okay, let me. I see a little. Wait, what are the, what are the words? Dude, you don't know Bohemian Rhapsody? Come on. Squat a Squat a moosh. Am I just <laughs> Dude, You're making stuff up. Squat <laughs> squat I know it's food. Queen, but I don't know what the lyrics are. Oh I know God. Bohemian Rats, well, Rhapsody. Well, walk up to him and go, Mama just, just killed a man. Put, put a gun against his head. Pull my trigger, now he's dead. Will you do it for 20 bucks? Mama! Yeah. Yeah, I'll do it. All right. Like? Rate, like, rate, review, and subscribe. You did it in the wrong order. You threw me off. This rate, could be... review, subscribe, like, this... share. This thing has gone off the rails. I think it's, it's our surroundings. There are snack wrappers on the floor, balled up tape. 
crumbs. Shout out to our boy pretzels. Nick Alberga from Sirius XM NHL Network. We love you, Nick. He's probably the only one listening at this point. That's okay. Nick, you're my boy. All right, for Lauren, I'm Moj. Thanks for listening to <laughs> Abs in Your Ear Holes podcast again. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you from the rink. Pulled my trigger, now he's dead. This podcast is not dead. Oh, gosh. <laughs>